Hey listeners, I'm Raj Mehta, founder and CEO of the Food Eyes Foundation, and welcome to another episode of our podcast series. Today, I'm going to be talking about decentralized finance. Let's first comprehend what centralized finance, CFI, is, and how it differs from decentralized finance, DeFi, in order to comprehend decentralized finance. We currently have a financial system known as centralized finance, where every aspect of money in banking, lending, and trading is managed and operated by government bodies and gatekeepers, also known as middlemen or third parties like banks, lenders, and exchanges. These middlemen make money off of each financial and banking transaction, and consumers are unable to avoid them. For instance, when you swipe a credit card to make a purchase, there's a cost associated with the transaction. The charge is sent from the merchant to an acquiring bank, which then sends the card information to the credit card network. The network authorizes the charge and asks your bank to make a payment. Your bank authorizes the charge and relays the authorization to the network and back to the merchant through the acquiring bank. Merchants are required to pay for your ability to use credit and debit cards, and each party in the chain transaction is compensated for its services, in addition to credit and debit cards. To obtain credit for anything from auto loans and mortgages to trading stocks and bonds, customers must deal with and pay financial middlemen. The Securities and Exchange Commission SEC, and the Federal Reserve determine the rules and regulations for the world of centralized financial institutions and brokerages in the United States, and Congress often amends these rules. Now there's the world of decentralized finance, or DeFi. By disarming middlemen and gatekeepers and enabling individuals, businesses, and organizations to conduct financial transactions through peer-to-peer P2P financial networks that use security protocols, connectivity, and technological advancements, decentralized finance uses emerging technology to eliminate centralized models. By employing software that logs and validates financial behavior in a financial database, which is a collection and aggregation of data from all users, it allows anyone to access financial services like lending, trading, and borrowing from anywhere there is an internet connection. DeFi provides users autonomy over their funds by removing the need for intermediaries and reducing transaction costs. Blockchain technology, which is also used by cryptocurrencies, is used by decentralized systems. In a typical checking account, the transactions are kept in a private ledger that is kept by a large financial organization and contains the history of all banking activities. A blockchain is a distributed decentralized database or ledger that is safe and that records every transaction in encrypted form. It functions like a checkbook that is spread out among many computers all around the world. A chain of prior transactions is used to connect the blocks in which transactions are recorded. DeFi is used in peer-to-peer P2P financial transactions. When a borrower enters their loan requirements in the DeFi finance application, an algorithm matches them with peers who can provide the funds. Once a borrower accepts the lender's terms, the loan is received and this transaction is recorded in the blockchain. The loan is then verified in the distributed data ledger, and after that the loan is approved. All subsequent payments are also recorded in the same manner in the blockchain. But what is DeFi's role in financial inclusion? According to the most recent estimate by Emergent Research, the market size for decentralized finance systems worldwide is anticipated to reach 507 billion US dollars. Yahoo Finance reports that as of February 2022, DeFi markets are still expanding quickly despite the turbulence in the cryptocurrency markets. In February 2021, the market was worth $72 billion. It expanded quickly and reached $170 billion in November. As of February 2023, it had crossed the 106 billion mark, and its increase over the previous year was 47%. DeFi might be a useful tool to help the unbanked and underbanked around the world. DeFi companies are still developing and haven't yet demonstrated that they can provide long-term solutions for lending to unbanked and underserved customers. DeFi has a lot of potential in the area of credit though. Banks have historically charged hefty fees, excluded people with bad credit, and demanded own property as collateral. 
Cryptocurrency is going to be used as collateral by DeFi lenders to grant credit to customers, eliminating the need for the traditional banking middlemen and transferring profits or yields directly to savers. As the financial markets develop, this is a potential future possibility. Using a DeFi model for credit purposes carries a substantial risk because of how unstable and volatile the cryptocurrency market is. The DeFi model is now targeted towards crypto aficionados, but it still needs to grow around new capital areas, data sources, collateral types, and underwriting procedures in order to better serve the unbanked and underbanked populations. Hope you liked this episode and be sure to catch our next one soon. To stay informed whenever we release a new podcast, please subscribe to our newsletter at the bottom of this page. If you're listening to this podcast, you're likely as passionate about financial inclusion as I am. If you want to get involved and help us make an impact towards improving financial inclusion globally, any contribution to the Fluidized Foundation will help make a difference to improve the financial well-being of the underserved and underprivileged communities around the world. You can also check out our various projects and initiatives and join our team and volunteer as a teacher for our WearNet program. You can find more details about each of these on our website, www.fluidized.org. Bye for now, and see you in the next episode.